Shalom Aleichem and peace and blessings to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Messiah, Jesus. I want to continue on today in our third chapter of the book of Ruth as we start to dig into really understanding and taking a second look at what the book of Ruth means and how people would have understood it in the ancient Near East, how we should be able to look at it and apply today how sometimes it's been misused and misrepresented and so I do hope you guys had a blessed Pentecost Shavuot weekend uh, that is where we're kind of climaxing here in the story of Ruth and so without further ado I want to start jumping into it I'm going to do a little review through an outline put together by our friends over at the Daily Grace Co. through their uh, Bible handbook that my wife actually purchased. They are a fantastic resource uh, for Bible studies and ways to dig deeper into your Bible and faith. I highly recommend them. Uh, so in the outline here we've looked at the tragedy in Naomi and Ruth's life. If you look back to week one when we were talking about uh, the outcast of Ruth and Naomi and we focused a lot on how Ruth and Naomi were struggling with the hand that they were dealt with being these people who were putting their faith in this God, this almighty Yahweh, the one true God, the King of Israel, and they were struggling with everything falling apart in our lives. And so we talked about identifying ourselves within that section of how so often we look at all these Christians and perfect people who have the perfect Instagram life and we feel that we can never measure up, we can never measure up to the characters of the Bible and then we dig into hey here's some real people, here's people really going through the struggle. I shared my own personal testimony about falling and struggling with the fact that I felt like I always had to as a pastor present myself perfect in my faith and how I could never let anyone see my struggles and my pains and my temptations and then I also talked about how when everything was going falling apart as a freshman in Bible college and I really was starting to question my faith as a pastoral student within Bible college and surrounded by other pastors and counselors I'm like going to chapel every day and I'm crying out to God and praying and I feel like that no matter how much I do he doesn't hear me and so it wasn't until people came beside me and started strengthening me and built, putting their hands around me that we that I was able to come into uh, more of that stronger relationship in fact I grew immensely in my faith because of the people who came around me and we see that here in chapter 2 of Ruth where we have when Ruth meets Boaz and she's gathering goes through seeking she's like okay Naomi I came with you I would not desert you and now I'm gonna go I'm gonna make something out of this I'm gonna go gather scraps and so Ruth meets Boaz because she by God's providence ends up in his field and she's gathering the scraps of wheat and barley and he sees and he hears 
her testimony of what she's been doing for Naomi and he is moved to show her extended compassion he's having his men give her extra grain he's saying pull the loaves out provide for this person because you see what kind of her character is what kind of person this woman is so now today we're gonna hit chapter 3 uh, the proposal where Ruth proposes to Boaz yes she proposes to him and well he wants to accept he knows that there's a closer kinsman redeemer who is eligible more eligible to marry Ruth than he is and so this is chapters 2 and 3 I feel so often when we dig into the book of Ruth this is where a lot of pastors start to fall off and we forget that this is a book about Ruth and we make it a book about Boaz I think too when my wife and I this year were going through a uh, Bible study with one of my go-to pastors uh, on his book on Ruth and which was called uh, Unforeseen Love Story uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll fantastic pastor I really like a lot of his resources I felt he really missed the mark on this one as it kind of just really kind of became well let's look at the character of Boaz and I feel that it's probably because he was really aiming this towards men and building their character and he does somewhat bring it around with trying to draw a uh, mirroring image to women and their character in Ruth but you know we're men we tend to focus on our manhood on our leadership and so so often I think we miss the fact that Ruth is really kind of a feminist empowerment book and in fact Ruth is not the one who just sits back and waits for a Boaz my wife actually a couple years ago when we first uh, did a teaching through the book of Ruth in uh, a family study that we were leading through our local house congregation of Hope Family Fellowship it's still up on the Hope Family Fellowship page so if you are ever interested go check that out on Facebook uh, she did a great job I felt of kinda of presenting the story of not waiting for your Boaz was the title of this chapter when she taught on it and I think that really kind of encompasses the story and something that we need to teach people that you know you're not supposed to have this fairy tale damsel in distress idea of yourself ladies you're supposed to be strong be faithful in God and wait for him to lead the right person into your life that you two can come together not his leadership over you but that you two come together as one flesh one body being the glory of God and coming complimenting each other in everything to show forth who God is in his character so is that a sip my tea here uh, I wanted to jump into as I've been going through contemporary scholars and some of their insights on Ruth today I pulled out my Jeremiah study Bible which is a gift from my uncle who uh, gave it to us when we moved back to the East Coast and we decided that uh, I was looking through it and I'm like okay I think he really kind of hits the head I've been trying to look at different scholars in 
what they've wrote in their introductory to Ruth to say, hey, here's a good idea of how we can look at this chapter and see where these different scholars lead the introduction. So, according to Dr. Jeremiah, first, the story of Ruth exemplifies genuine selfless love at its best, not just between a young woman and a man who redeemed her, but also in all things. This young woman's unconditional committed commitment to her mother-in-law, the book delivered to the nation, the book of Ruth is about the inclusive love of God too. Even before the gospel message was delivered to the nations by Christ's disciples, the love of God was triumphing over racial and religious prejudices, drawing non-Israelite people into his redemptive plan. As Ruth invited to join the people of God, she takes her place in the lineage of faith and promises to become an integral part of every Christian's heritage. The second part of this, the story exalts women. Perhaps nowhere else in God's word is a person's willing faith, strength and character and purity of motive so vividly portrayed. In Ruth, we see God's tender care for women as he especially eases the burden of two widows caught in the direct circumstances of poverty, grief, and homelessness. And third and most important, Ruth's story draws our attention to God's magnificent purpose of lovingly redeeming all those who will put their trust in Him. And so, with that thought process laid out before us, I want to jump into the book of Ruth and starting here in chapter 3, as I've been doing for the last... Uh, couple chapters we've been using the message to step outside of our typical uh, translation styles and really kind of take that different angle so I'm going to be reading Ruth chapter 3 1 through the end one day her mother-in-law Naomi said to Ruth my dear daughter isn't it about time I arrange a good home for you so you can le you can have a happy life? And isn't Boaz our close relative, the one with whose young woman you've been working? Maybe it's time you make our move. Tonight is the night of Boaz's barley harvest and the threshing floor. Take a bath, put on some perfume, get all dressed up, and go to the threshing floor. But don't let him know that you're there until the party is well underway and he's had plenty of food and drink. When you see him s slipping off to sleep, watch where he lies down and then go there. Lie at his feet and let him know that you are available to him for marriage. Then wait and see what he says. He'll tell you what to do. Ruth said, if you say so, I'll do it, just as you've told me. She went down to the threshing floor and put her mother-in-law's plan into action. Boaz had a good time eating and drinking his fill. He felt great. Then he went off to get some sleep. Lying down at the end of the stack of barley, Ruth quietly followed him as she lay down to signal her availability to, for marriage. In the middle of the night, 
the man was suddenly startled and sat up. Surprise! This woman was asleep at his feet. He said, And who are you? She said, I am Ruth, your maiden. Take me under your protecting wing. My close relative to you know in circle of covenant redeemers you do have the right to marry me. He said, God bless you, my daughter. What a splendid expression of love, and when you could have your pick of any young men around. And now, my dear daughter, don't you worry about a thing. I'll do all you could want or ask. Everybody in town knows what courageous woman you are. A real prize. You're right, I am a close relative to you, but there is one even closer than I am. So stay the rest of the night. In the morning, if he wants to exercise his customary rights and responsibilities and have the closet covenant redeemer, he'll have his chance. But if he isn't interested, as God lives, I'll do it. Now go back to sleep until morning. Ruth slept at his feet until dawn, but she got up while it was still dark and wouldn't be recognized. Then Boaz said to himself, no one must know that Ruth came to the threshing floor. So Boaz said, Bring the shawl you're wearing and spread it out. She spread it out and he poured it full of barley, six measures, and put on her shoulders. Then she went back to town. When she came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did this thing go, my dear daughter? Ruth told her everything that the man had done for her, adding, and he gave me all this barley besides six quarts. He told me, you can't go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Naomi said, sit back and relax, my dear daughter, until we find out how things turn out. That man isn't going to fool around. Mark my words, he's going to get everything wrapped up today. This is God's word given freely to each and every one of us. Thanks be to God. So as we jump into this story, this picture of Ruth being the obedient daughter, being one following the covenant commands of a people that she was not even born of, but was brought into by God, grafted into through his loving relationship to her, she goes forth seeking to find the redemption for her and her mother for someone to be of good character and willingness to uphold the covenant that is committed to every one of these people of these old testament christians the uh, israelites of the old day who are living within covenant with god this story cries out to us today in our application of not being people just waiting for God to do something, but we have to actively be seeking forth for God. You know, He calls each and every one of us, those who are under His election, those who He has called forth and His Spirit has moved the hearts, and we answer that call and say, Yes, God, I will follow you. As we seek to do his will in every one of our daily lives. We don't just say, Dear Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and King. 
please uh, make me a Christian now. Amen. Okay, time to go back and do my everyday life. No, we have to actually jump in and live that day every day. We have to die to self. This is the actions of being a Christian. It's not in just waiting around for God to bring us all to heaven, but it's in being his emissaries. Coming off of the celebration of yesterday with uh, Pentecost, Shavuot, uh, we look at how the Holy Spirit moved on people. We look at the original covenant on Sinai when God called to those people who were redeemed out of slavery and made them a committed people underneath his name. Those Israelites who were his people that he redeemed even before they had committed to follow him. And then we jump fast forward to the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit moves on these disciples as they were meeting together in preparation for this feast of Pentecost and they go out and they speak the words in the gospel of Jesus that hey we are now redeemed under Christ come follow us as we show you you know this Jesus who you killed guess what he was the Messiah now come we have great news about what he is doing and this is the way that we as Christians are to live we are not to just be lackadaisical Sunday Christians but we are to do the gospel, preach the gospel in everything we do I am a full-on proponent of preach the gospel in everything and when necessary use words there should be something about your life that shows that we are not the same as everybody else that we have this wonderful blessing through our Messiah Jesus the anointed King who is reigning on the throne of David and we await his return to usher in a new kingdom where heaven is on earth we in our own lives are to be heaven to everyone whom we encounter this is the gospel or this is the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation where God is constantly bringing redemption through people to redeem this lost and broken world so just as Ruth when she approaches Boaz he said he sees her loving kindness for her grand or for her mother-in-law her relationship to this covenant that God has called her as a grafted in Gentile to the belief and faith that she has that God will see through the redemption of her family that faith that speaks nothing but bombs to everyone to be the person who could have her pick of any young man within Israel of then the tribe of Judah of Bethlehem where she is living he says how wonderful it is that you seek to do what is right that is the action that we are to have in each and every day that we live so brothers and sisters as I close out I pray you go forth with the God who loves you preaching the name of Jesus in everything that you do 
And may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his perfect peace. May his countenance be ever before you. Shalom.